dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. You can't make this up podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. Episode 169. You know, bro, we could do a lot of things on this pod. We could talk about a ton of things. We could talk about how trash a Dizzle's top 10 list was. Back you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could talk about that. We could talk about me flaking on a Halloween party I got invited to by a Dizzle. <laughs> yeah. I basically fell asleep on the couch like about 1030. Uh, we could talk about the Buckeyes win over Wisconsin. Yeah. We could talk about you loving this DJ-ish. Yeah. We could talk about a million and one things, but it's a lot of important things going on. Yeah. Especially next month. Correct. We have elections going on. General election. Yeah, man. So yeah. it's only right to invite back for the second time, Mr. Brandon McClain, Montgomery County recorder. What's good? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's up, sir? Yes, sir. How you been, man? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I, I can't complain. Nobody listens. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the wonders of the world, so we have to keep moving. Absolutely, man. So what actually happened was I was just on a reminding people. Reminding yeah. how many people have been on our podcast, and that was dope bro. for you to do. I, that was a good flashback for for the inner for the, uh, the 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 inner group, the the people that really do this week by week. It was nice to you know see all those flashbacks. Yeah, man, I forgot how many episodes we had in the can. Man. I forgot how many dope people we had on the pod, and one of those dope people we had on the pod was you. Yeah, and then you hit me up saying, "Hey, man, I need to come back because." Elections are right around the corner and need to remind folks how important it is to get out to the polls and talk about voter suppression and everything like that. And, of course, the doors are always open for you. So what did you need to put out to the folks? Uh, first, thing I want to just put out a reminder. Uh, you know, we got the general election uh, next month, November the 5th, and currently early voting is going on. Uh, your voice is your vote. Do not allow it to be silenced by those ears that need to hear it the most. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, right now, we are going through some some trials and tribulations. We are going through some challenges, uh, not just in our community, not just in this state, but in our country. And those challenges cannot be met with resolutions, with solutions, absent voters. We have to vote to be able to hold people accountable. And so I'm just here to just remind people that you do have a right to vote and you need to exercise your right to vote. You need to vote early. You need to vote often. We cannot afford in our community to take elections off when we take elections off. Things happen. Right. Yeah. So I want to remind people about early voting. Now, look, a very dope concert is in town on November 5th, which is Election Day, right? Mm-hmm. Black Violin. And y'all ever been seeing the I brothers from Black Violin? I have. Dope show. Is Super dope show. They mix violins and they, you know, keep it hip hop a little bit. Okay. So it's a mm-hmm. great show. And I know a lot of people are going to be going to that show. I'm going to be going to that show. Yeah. But I'm taking care of business before I come to work. So take care of your business. Get out there and early vote. Get out to the polls. And another thing I want to remind people about, people talk about, oh, man, I got to go to work. Well, your job has to allow you to yeah. go vote. Yeah. So if you need to leave work early, you need to come in to work late, just let them know, like, hey, man, I'm going to vote early in the morning, so I'm going to be a little late. And right. they can't do nothing about it. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's your right to do that. So yeah. I want to get that out to the people. And I want to say before we get too deep, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of yours. Um 
I started voting. I think the first time, the first, the first round for Obama was my first time voting. Period. Mm-hmm. And I used to always hear officials, people that's running for office. You know, we're gonna hit the streets. We're gonna get out in the community. And I would never see it. Like it would, it would never come to my door. Never nothing. And when you was running last year, um, we had you on the pod. And uh, that following week, a knock on my door, <laughs> and it's you and your crew hitting the streets. And it was just like that was super dope to me just to. Be, See somebody that's really, you know, keeping their word, hitting the streets. I commend y'all for y'all got party buses to get people out to vote. Y'all were really, you know, tackling what was needed. There wasn't going to be no excuses for us, right. for our people. So I just want to say thank you for doing that, and I commend you for doing that, sir, for no, real. Look, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, um, I'm blessed, and I just I do it the way I feel like it should be done because, you know, too often we have uh, people who are in these positions, and they make promises, and they don't fulfill those those promises. Um, to me, Voting is is a fundamental right, and we have to make sure we do our part to get people to the poll. People don't owe us anything. Yeah. In fact, we owe the people everything. And so we have to make sure that, that we put folks in a position to be successful so that their voices are heard. Um, you know, to me, we, we can't address the issues in our community if we don't go into the community. Correct. And so, you know, when I can have opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with somebody about, you know, concerns they have, even if I can't fix it statutorily in my duties, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I don't know where to direct them to or who to call. It doesn't mean I can't make the call for them. And so I think that the more we have those conversations and the more that people feel comfortable, it opens the door for transparency, and that's what improves our community. Yeah. The uh, How long have you been the Montgomery County Recorder? And for those that don't know, tell them what that duty is. So I'm coming up here uh, almost on two years uh, in office. I came into office early last year, was elected in November. And then uh, now, you know, obviously continuing on that job, uh, primarily I'm responsible for uh, the safekeeping oversight of anything concerning uh, ownership of real estate. So mortgages, deeds, liens. And I'm also the overseer for uh, nearly 41,000 veterans in our community. So I implemented the veteran identification card program as well. I actually have another veterans program that's going to be coming up so we can address some of the uh, some of some of the um, concerns that we have with services that are offered in our community. We have veterans that obviously are going through PTSD, alcoholism, opioid, homelessness. And so we have to make sure that we serve those people who served us. And and that's what that program will focus on. Um, To me, I always tell people, you know, uh, regardless of what role you occupy, the most important role that we all have is as a concerned citizen. And so to me, everything that we do has to be uh, in an effort to advance our fellow citizens. That's the only way we can improve our communities. Does the um, does the Ohio uh, veteran ID card does it have to be you have to live in Montgomery County or can it be any Ohio resident that can get that? Uh, you know, technically, and, and you know that's been a lot of uh, debate. Um, our program is centered around Montgomery County, so I personalized it for Montgomery County, mm-hmm. but it is a state issued ID, and so technically it would be valid and be able to be used all throughout the state. Uh, there are other counties that offer a similar program, mm-hmm. uh, but to me, ours is the best. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> ours is the I, best. I used it. I, uh, I went and got that car after your, our first time having you on mm-hmm. the pod, and um, I had to get the new ID, the new license. It was my time to pay for okay. that, and they needed uh, everything you got. You needed a social security card, birth certificate, 3,000 forms of ID, three places of residence. <laughs> they needed everything, but that Ohio uh, veteran ID card served as one of mine, so that was really nice. I didn't have to go find too many things like I kind of had everything I needed so I, I have used that card and uh I, I I actually like that card just just it just feels like you know something for me you know something something for a veteran so I appreciate that thank you 
Let's talk about the uh, the voter writing, like the voting purge, man. That's been going on. Ooh. This, this, talk I, about I, a hot topic. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was kind of reading about it, and it seemed like Ohio legislation passed the you know a law stating that if you don't vote, is it two elections or it's if you don't vote in a certain amount of elections. They will basically unenroll you from the registration records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, talk about that. Just what that that impact. You know. That so the, the law was challenged uh, last year, and it was uh, upheld by the Ohio Supreme Court. I believe it was in a four to three decision. Uh, so it was very close. So this is not something that's a well settled principle, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that's became very sticky uh, for a lot of individuals, and I think the reason being is because. Uh, the voter purge has had uh, the most harsh effect on minorities, uh, on low-income families, and on students. Uh, those are the people who have been affected. Uh, the purge essentially says that if an individual goes six years without voting, then they can be purged from the voting rolls for Ohio. Wow. The mm. thing of it is is that um, the list that came out, I believe it was earlier this year, actually said that the state of Ohio had – 235,000 names for individuals throughout our state that they planned on purging. The problem with that was that one out of five names did not belong. Okay. So the, the list that they had produced was riddled with errors. And so because of that, um, it's so it's imperative. It's vital that you check your registration often Mm -hmm. because people have been purged that should not have been purged. Wow. People who had regularly voted, uh, other people were purged under some, what some may call suspicious circumstances. Um, people were purged that did not meet the definition that they set up for the purge to occur. And so because of that, um, we've had individuals who've been purged by accident and they didn't find out until it was time to vote. So don't let that be you. Yeah. Make sure that you check early and often that way, if you were, in fact, purged, you can do what's necessary to re-register so that way you can vote. Yeah. Right now, what, you feel like that, what, the provisionary uh, ballot when that happens or whatever? Well, unfortunately for individuals who have been purged, they would actually have to wait till the next election cycle. Oh, wow. Yes. Couldn't even yes. do the provisional. Mm-mm. Wow. The, the uh, deadline for you to register to vote uh, for this coming up general election, which is on November 5th, uh, I believe it was actually uh, that first full week in October. Yeah. Uh, so I believe it was either October 5th, 6th, or 7th. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact day, but it has passed. Mm-hmm. And so for those individuals who maybe were purged that did not know they were purged, if they didn't check and that deadline passed, they can't vote. Wow. And and that becomes very important because we're talking about, you know, consequences that, you know, we see in our communities, you know, when you look at the way that elections are set up, you know, you have local elections in, uh, you know, essentially your odd number years, mm-hmm. and then you have your state and national elections in your even number years. It's important that we vote every election because you never know uh, what someone is going to do or make a decision that's going to impact your life. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure that you vet these people, you know, that you hold us accountable. Um and nowadays, I mean, we're in the age of social media. Yeah. You know, you can reach out and touch anybody. Yeah. And I think that we have to take advantage of that, specifically when it comes to voting. We have to make sure that we do our homework. Uh, same thing with the issues. Uh, you know, in the, in the day of uh, social media and the smartphone, you can actually obtain a sample ballot. And the sample ballot has whatever issues are concerning your community that are to be voted on. They have all the potential candidates. 
And so you can then begin to start doing your own research, you know, prior to actually going in there voting. That way you have an idea about what you're thinking, about what your interests are and who best serves those. What do you say to the people that says all these politics as we get breaking news uh everything that they consume is just so overwhelming it's just like man i don't know what's what i don't know what to believe i don't know what's fake news what's the real deal uh this network says one thing this network says the other thing i'm just overwhelmed and i just can't deal i'm just gonna tap out for right now and i'll come back later when the presidential election comes around because that's the ones that's important right Mm. you know um everybody had to start somewhere and i i think that you know it's important to note that um, when we talk about the importance of elections, uh, when we talk about the importance of voting, uh, we have to make sure that we're informed. We cannot check out of the election process of politics because you can't check out of life. Elections, politics, they don't go anywhere, just like life doesn't go anywhere. And so we have to make sure that we're there ready to be uh, able to make decisions because they all impact us. They all impact us. Uh, as far as for uh, what what news station to watch, um, to me, I think we're better served when we absorb as much information as we can and then we sort through it and we check it for our own factual inaccuracy. Uh, another common uh, uh, theme, you know, I think is that we have to vote our conscience. Uh, some things just don't feel right. Some things don't sound right. And we know this because that's how we got here this morning. Yeah. That's how we're going to go home tonight. Instinct. And I think that, you know, when you're informed and you're engaged and you do your homework, you can rely upon your instinct to decipher what is fact and what is fiction. Yeah. Can you uh, talk about, because I don't know what this is, voter disenfranchisement. Just talk about what that is. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, and I, hopefully you do. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to hear what that was. Well, you know, um, to me, I think what we see most common specifically uh, in, in Ohio, in our communities, um, I think we all know individuals who have been uh, drastically impacted by the criminal justice system. Uh, a lot of these individuals uh, come home and they feel they're a shell of a person, that they have been uh, damaged or harmed in a way that they can't repair themselves. And that's unfortunate because they're still members of our community. Uh, Specifically, when you talk about with voting, there's a big misnomer that exists within the African-American community that us as uh, voters, uh, the voting right uh, is impaired or might I dare say uh, eliminated once someone becomes a felon. And it's just not true. It's one of the biggest myths that we have that actually harms the overall vote numbers. People don't feel that they have a voice and because they don't feel like they have a voice, they don't even speak. Mm -hmm. They just allow themselves to be silenced. And so when, when I think about voter disenfranchisement, uh, what I'm talking about specifically is the fact that if you are someone who has been convicted of a felony or you are charged with a felony, uh, and you have been released, uh, you actually have a right to vote. You can vote. Uh, we are one of, I believe 15 States, Uh, in the United States that uh, offers uh, voter restoration upon release from incarceration. Hmm. And that means that you can still be on probation, parole, uh, papers, as people, some some folks know, you can still be on supervised conditions and still have your right to vote. Hmm. And that's important because a lot of folks feel that because they were convicted of of an offense uh, or because they are currently on probation, 
that they don't have a voice in what happens in their community. And it's not true. And that is a lie that has been allowed to spread and to pervade throughout our community. And it affects the morale. It affects our sense of pride. You know, a lot of times folks say, well, you know, um, I I, I can speak from personal experience. I was behind someone uh, on Salem and uh, they rolled down their window. Wasn't strange. It was a good day, beautiful day. They rolled down their window. But what didn't was strange was that they reached beside them, grabbed a big bag of trash and dumped it out Mm. on the side of the street. Mm. And I said, I can't believe this. And so what we're talking about is is pride, yeah. pride for one's community. And I think that, you know, when we look at our community, a home ownership, you know, instills a sense of pride. You know, maybe if that person, uh, you know, had a yard of their own or, or they were in a family with friends and, and you know, relatives uh, that had a, a yard of their own, maybe they wouldn't feel, you know, comfortable doing that. Right. You know, in addition, when the same token, same thing with voting if they felt they had a voice and an impact on what happened in their community, then maybe they would exercise that voice. Mm -hmm. But instead there is a misnomer that has been going on that folks are silenced. And and so I I just want to kind of put that to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that, you know, it's funny you mentioned that trash situation because I was uh, grabbing a pizza the other day and I saw a kid do that. Like he dumped out like four water bottles just like right there. Mm. I'm like, bro, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, if you just walk right there, there's a trash oh, yeah. can. My like, business partner. Uh, ugh, that that burns me up, man. We were at the <laughs> the BP, what's that main, whatever, the BP McDonald's downtown. Mm-hmm. We were there and uh, saw an RTA employee driving one of those vans dumping trash out next to the pump, like like just like throwing trash on the ground. <laughs> and uh, he he's a really prideful person, really cares about his community, and uh, went over there and said something to the dude, like, you know, I live in this city. I care about this city and what you're doing is wrong, you know. Yeah. And with him being a younger, you know, younger adult versus this older man, you know, the older man kind of looked at him like, and it, it, like, please, you know, like, get yeah. out of here. But he mm-hmm. still came up with the, you know, respectful way to say, I don't appreciate what you did in my city, you know. So, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, tackle those things. It's important for, you know, to step up and say, you know, I don't like this. I don't like what's happening here. I want to help change this. You know, that, that's important to have people like that in your, in your community, for sure. Big mm-hmm. facts. Now, I know we had one heck of a summer from Man. the tornadoes to the shooting in the Oregon District. How are the tornado situation affecting voters coming up in November? Well, you know, um, Specifically with uh, tornadoes, I believe um, estimated numbers of uh, significant um, damage to property was roughly around 5,000. So it spanned from, you know, Old North Dayton to, you know, parts of Clayton and Trotwood uh, and Brookville, uh, you know, and it had a very wide uh, range impact zone, if you will. there were several of those individuals that lived in those affected areas that have been displaced. Yeah. Those individuals would have to, you know, I believe there's a provision that would allow them to maintain their previous address if they intended to return. But in, in large part, a lot of those individuals would have to go and re-register. Ouch. Um, and, you know, then a lot of those individuals may feel like that they're in a situation where they have to essentially walk away or maybe they don't feel like they have enough to fight to come back to. Yeah. You know, so those those are concerns that affect the overall uh, voice, if you will, the clarity of a voice that a community is able to uh, to project because a lot of the voting base may be displaced. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
as a young adult, I, I, I was really like one of those people that felt like if the, you know, Troutwood Madison City School levy wasn't on the ballot, I wasn't hassling moms to get out there or, or, or you know, I wasn't I wasn't into politics. I didn't care. And I, I, I can remember, you know, back to the 08, you know, I was motivated by seeing someone that looked like me running for something that important. So that kind of motivated me to get out and see what this person was about. How hard is it to get voters who just don't feel engaged? They don't feel apart. Like, I know that's probably the number one tackle is to get people like that in there. Because I feel like all these programs that we have, all these people that care about these issues, they are, you know, talking to people that care about it, too, versus mm-hmm. the people that, you know, are hard to reach, are hard to find, that need to hear this. Like, how hard is it to get to that crowd that just don't want to be engaged? You know, it's definitely a, a huge challenge. Um, I, I think that um, right now the, the biggest battle happens because, um, say, for instance, like with, with myself, I am coming after uh, a, a line of people who some folks may feel that, you know, certain things were promised that weren't fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of find ways to reconcile with what people believe that you represent, even though they may not know or have a personal encounter with you. You have to kind of say, hey, I'm, I'm different. And then you have to take it one step further and show them that you're different. Um, it, it's definitely a big challenge trying to engage people. Um, but I think that um, what, what we have to focus on, what I focus on, is that, you know, no two audiences are the same. Mm. So, you know, you have to recognize who you're talking to and what you're talking to them about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I spend a lot of times going in, in, you know, our high schools and in middle schools and different mentorships. I don't talk to those, uh, you know, children like I may talk to, you know, uh, a retiree. Because, you know, even though they may have, you know, the same concerns, they may have different routes to uh, achieve a solution for those concerns, you know, to address those concerns, you know. And so we have to make sure that we're talking to people in a manner that they can receive it. So, you know, um, I may talk to, uh, say, for instance, uh, someone who who's a youth and they're looking now start to try to jumpstart their life. So they want to know about job opportunities. They want to know about how they can you know, get on a pathway to success so that that way they can be able to afford a decent quality of life. Well, someone who maybe is more seasoned, they want to know how they can maintain and retain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the message is different. What they would need is different. But at the end of the day, both people want a quality life. Both people want to make sure that we have, you know, good education. They want to make sure that we have job opportunities in our community. And so the way that we would talk about how those things are achieved would be different amongst those two groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not even on the ballot this year. Mm-mm. So this is like, I mean, I know this is part of your job and everything, but this is stresses how important it is to you on a personal level. Because, I mean, this is Sunday morning at 9 in the morning. You mm-hmm. could be chilling. <laughs> right. Enjoying the ball. Facts, facts. But you're here and you active with us, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, before we cracked the mic, you were talking about um, everything that went on in the Oregon district, um, mm-hmm. that shooting and everything like that. Can you take us behind the curtain a little bit on how the city came up with the Gym City Shine? Um, you know, city of, of Dayton uh, – Brilliant leadership. Um, Mayor Nan Whaley, um, you know, is the tip of the spear on so many issues, so many relevant social issues. Uh, You know, right now, currently, you know, under under the modicum of do something. You know, right now, when we look at uh, where our community has been taken through just in the last six months, uh, we had the the Ku Klux Klan, uh, which which a lot of people now is so much things that have happened. 
you know, it's easy to kind of lose track of what did I happen. I forgot about that, that one. That was the first know? one right Yeah, now. yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, so, you know, the, the Ku Klux Klan, you know, was really, you know, kind of the, the, the start of, of a, a very long uh, year, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Ku Klux Klan uh, coming in the way that, the, you know, the city responded in a manner that, you know, protected all citizens. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that, that folks have, have complained about, you know, the amount of money that uh, was spent. But I think what's important for us to note is that you cannot put a price tag on life. Yeah, right. They spent that money to prevent what didn't happen. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? <laughs> because absolutely. Because if, yeah. if some money wasn't spent and something did happen, well, why did they let that happen? Exactly. Things were in yeah, order. Exactly. Things were definitely safe. Yeah. I mean, I was in the area. I was actually at uh, Express Motors on Main Street, and uh, I could see everything happening from where uh, our broadcast was taking place from. I saw the helicopters. I saw troops i saw everybody out there mm-hmm. so i was like if it is gonna be some smoke it's gonna be shut down quick <laughs> yeah and that's yeah. what i'm about like right. yo right. shut it down yeah mm-hmm. definitely 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 but you were saying about everything else yeah so uh you know that that money to me was was spent in a manner to preserve life because you know you can't put a price tag on life um you know so that that was that situation i was down there uh in the uh, the anti-protest uh, so I spoke there and gave a few words with with other community advocates. Uh, and um, what was very apparent was the the sense of community and the strength, uh, the the clarity of one voice, one unified voice against hate in our community. So it was it was beautiful to see that and to see so many people from so many places working together for one common goal. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't happen enough. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times we only hear the rallying cry in our communities when there has been an alarm bell that has been rang. Mm-hmm. And so I think that moving forward, what we have to focus on is that this this energy that has surrounded the modicum of Dayton Strong, we have to make sure that that energy stays yeah. regardless of what's going on in our community. Absolutely. That high level of energy, we need to, how, how the young folks say, keep that energy. Yeah. We, need same to, energy. we need to keep that same energy to make sure that we move forward in a way that promotes the whole entire community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, uh, I wanted to ask you about, um, I think it's called gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like the best example I have is in my youth, Trotwood is where I'm from, and Trotwood, the you know the district lines that cre- that make Trotwood change dramatically from the time I was young living in Trotwood to an adult. They added a lot of Dayton area became Trotwood, like mm-hmm. some of the outskirts, and like just talk about like the effects that has on you know a district that only gets X amount of house votes and, you know, some of the, some of the rural areas, you know, they might get two or three votes, but they got 16 rural areas. That's going to like way more than our, you know, 10 or 12 votes in district 12 or whatever district we are. Mm-hmm. But just talk about like what that effect that has on, on an area. You know, uh, gerrymandering is, is a, a interesting phenomenon where essentially um, I, I'll just break it down like this. Gerrymandering is essentially the process where uh, the politicians are able to pick their own voters. <laughs> wow. And I, I, don't, I don't know how it is. And I, I know just by saying that, you're like, wow, you know, what, what does that mean? That's a great question. You know, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, we have a situation where with gerrymandering, uh, it's, it's essentially impossible uh, because of the lines that you just represented to hold the elected officials accountable because they are in a position 
where they can have selectivity over their voters. Jerry they can, Reagan. Yes, they, they, can, they can pick and choose. They, yeah. can, they can pick and choose. And so what happens, you end up having a representation for some, but certainly not all. Yeah. And so that, that lowers morale, that lowers pride. You have situations where certain segments, generally speaking, the most uh, distressed, the most impoverished, the most poverty-ridden parts of our community could possibly go silenced mm-hmm. because they're not in the majority. Mm-hmm. And specifically when you talk about gerrymandering, once there has been a pathway that someone has discovered for victory that leaves out those areas, they don't feel inclined, apparently, to visit them, or to see about or them, represent them, to represent them. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. They're like, you know, I, I've won in spite of, of you, essentially, not because of you, right. not with your support. And so that creates an issue where uh, you almost have a, a hostility in your representation because you as a citizen have a certain, uh, you know, level uh, of, of, you know, things that you need to happen in your community to feel comfortable. But if they don't need to hear that voice, that may be something that they don't adhere to. Mm-hmm. And that's concerning. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll take it one step for, further with the uh, with the gerrymandering. Uh, look at the Electoral College. You know, um, it, it's funny because, you know, I had, got, had a conversation a couple weeks ago uh, with an individual. And in uh, politics, even, even though I'm, I'm in the political realm, politics is not something I, I like to have general conversations with because <laughs> people get all mad and everything yeah, and right. their feelings. But, but sometimes things just got to be said. Um, before gerrymandering, uh, you know, in my opinion, the precursor to gerrymandering is the Electoral College. We just seen that in 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a president right now that is in the White House that did not win the popular vote. Yeah. So he there there were there was an individual, you know, and we all know this individual, Hillary Clinton, that received more votes than Donald Trump. But yet she's not the president. Right. And that was because the Electoral College. Right. Mm-hmm. Because certain states had particular weight. And because of that, those votes were put together. And that's how he was able to achieve victory through Electoral College. Well, what determines that weight for each state? Is it population? Uh, population size, um, I, I think, are the main factors. And, and based upon that, um, certain uh, weight, if you, are, if you are, weight is giving to those particular states. And so it becomes essentially a race for that magic number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I, how many does Ohio carry? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, I want to say. I thought it was like. I thought it was like 13. 13. Yeah, yeah I, think my, I was like 12 or 13. Something around there. Let's see. We're going to figure it out. Yeah, because I know like Ohio, Pennsylvania, we basically carry the same amount. And it's always a big deal about, I mean, if you can get Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, yeah. and Michigan, like. That's like a good chunk. So right. if you lose Texas, which is a huge number, mm-hmm. if you pick up three of the four of those, you good money. Yeah. Because yeah. so like, I believe it's 18. Is it? Oh, wow. We out here. 18. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Florida is 29, you know, so I, I just pulled this up. Texas is 38. Uh, Virginia is 13. Washington is 12. But, you know, it just highlights again, Michigan is 16. It, it highlights, um, you know, the fact that even if you – if you lay out a map of our country, you have more liberal uh, subsets of the population on the borders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the more rural areas are concentrated in the center of our country. And that's where you have the biggest condensation mm-hmm. uh, of uh, more conservative mm. votes. 
Yeah, man. It, it, like we were talking before we cracked the mics. Like it's a, it's a game almost. Po- politics is almost a game. Like we have the president on the news right now, doing what he does, and it's it's just like it's just. And I know I mentioned it before. Like it's overwhelming to mm-hmm. to a certain extent, man. You turn it on and you hear certain people talk, and it's just so frustrating. You just want the real, yeah. and it's so hard to determine what's the real and what's not. But what you it feel like when he's speaking, the president that is, he's not speaking to me, he's speaking at me, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like, you know, you just ah, yeah. let me turn on another episode of uh, Family Feud, right. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that carries weight because. You know, like we talk about with, you know, the maybe the odd year elections or the elections that don't involve the president. You know, like people feel like, man, I don't know who running. Yeah. And, you know, it's the, the, the two or three big, you know, issues. I am, They ain't really affect me. I'm cool. So then you skip one. Then you come around and be like, I don't like this person or I don't want to vote for this. So instead of voting on the 20 issues that we have to vote for, you let one of them deter you from voting on the other 20 yeah and now you you know purged yeah, blocked you out you know snip, snip. <laughs> so it's crazy yeah what should you do if you do experience voter suppression like which what should somebody do like they go to vote on tuesday november 5th and then they met with some type of hostility or they're like oh yeah your name ain't on the list and you voted at this location before what should someone do uh, if someone has met with some type of hostility or um uh, they're, they're threatened or uh, they are intimidated in some way. There are actually uh, polling managers at every site. And so those reports would need to be given to them. Uh, they, they keep that data and they actually are able to uh, act in a manner. Sometimes they even they have reinforcements that they can contact to make sure that that threat or that, that intimidation factor is removed because there is nothing uh, that can circumvent or delay or obstruct your right to vote. That's a right. It's not a privilege. It ain't nothing that you have to pay for. You have a right to vote. You know, that that's intrinsic in your citizens. People have bought and died for that right to vote. Um, as far as for the for the purge, unfortunately, if people come on Tuesday, and uh, you I know, had, I noticed the, t- the tone shift. Like, yeah. You come on Tuesday, yeah. and you, you can't throw my purged. name around. I ain't gonna be able to help you. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, I'm Wes, and I ain't in this mess. You know, um, it, it, you know. Uh, unfortunately, for individuals that show up on Tuesday, if in fact they have been removed from uh, the rolls, uh, they would have to re-register and wouldn't be allowed to vote in that general election. And, and that's why it's so important, you know, specifically, you know, and, and you know, I, I know that a lot of times people want to wait to the last minute and I'm, I'm guilty of that sometimes myself. But we have to be so proactive when it comes to our right to vote, because there are forces, there are people who are attempting to circumvent and suppress our voting voice. Mm-hmm. They are trying to silence us. And so we can't afford to wait to the last minute because they ain't waiting to the last minute. Yeah. They done started this stuff years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, you know, that that's why I'm so excited. You know, uh, you talked about uh, gerrymandering. Um, you know, there have been a decision that has been sent down, you know, by our highest court that said, you know, that the current state of, you know, the congressional and, uh, you know, uh, state house seats and Senate seats, there's going to be a redrawing of the maps. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, also don't forget we have a census coming up. Yeah. You know, it's important to respond to those questions to make sure that, you know, uh, your information is logged, number one. But number two, and just probably more important, that we're represented fairly yeah. and accurately. 
yeah. you know, that, that, you know, whatever your, your, uh, information is that needs to be cataloged. So that way it can be considered whenever there's some type of division, the lines drawn, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise, you know, we can't really say anything if we don't participate yeah. just like vote. Yeah. You know, you bring up the senses, man. It reminds me how my mom used to act when they used to come around door to door as a kid, man. She hated that so much. Mm-hmm. Like, why y'all need to know? My mom, <laughs> my mom wasn't playing no games. Like, why y'all need to know how many people live in my household? Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I do. I'm up two boys. That's uh, that's all the information I'm giving you. I ain't giving you nothing else. Right. You don't need to know. That's it. It's me. And them two little nappy bastards back there. <laughs> hey, you better not ask who that was at the door either. She's like, man, you better mind your business. Exactly. Right. Grown folk business. Right. <laughs> I want to shout out my wife, man. She she like, she like really helps me get in tune with this. It's, it's really important to her. And she works the polls. She goes out there. And I think some of that, you know, like she won't never admit it like, like I'm about to say it. But some of that is to be around just to have that black person like she wants to be there you don't never see too many of us involved on that side of the coin you know like she she loves to go and and, and be around and then if something jump off like have a voice to say no that's not right Mm -hmm. let's let's address this professionally instead of having a one-sided opinion so she always Mm -hmm. volunteers to go to the polls which in turn makes me have to go vote so, yeah. <laughs> so it helps me, you know, help me be better. So since I'm, we out here giving game, since we out here giving game, let me give some people some game. Go vote, <laughs> go vote early, go vote early. Yeah. So you already taken care of. When they give you your sticker, do not put the sticker on yet. When you you could use this the other way, you could tell your boss like, "Hey, I gotta go vote," and come in work late, <laughs> or tell them you gotta go vote and you can leave work early yeah boom but you got your sticker but you got your sticker nonetheless either way you can freak it so the point (laughs) is go vote early go to work late or go leave work early yeah you know what i'm saying it's all game baby look at you and and don't use the sticker twice that's very important you only only vote once so you can't use the sticker twice don't 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 come out with that 2018 (laughs) sticker but we got a dizzle on the pod he has a couple questions for you Maybe not a couple, but uh, <laughs> so I'm, uh, you know, as you can see, younger person in the room, probably the youngest. Uh, and I would say that I have yet to participate in any of the local elections. Um, my first time voting was just this past presidential election. So I am not knowledgeable at all when it comes to the local stuff. How or what is the process of registering to vote, if you would? Because I know there's some listeners out there that have no idea. Yeah, facts. Absolutely. So, um, and, and that's fair. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, you you represent a, uh, quite frankly, a, a very uh, vast amount of the population. Yeah. Um, I don't think that for a lot of people, voting is welcoming uh, because you don't have a lot of times to have inf- inf- information be conveyed conversations like we having right now right and and you know and i think a lot of that that doesn't fall on the youth that falls on the officials mm-hmm. you know again nobody owes us anything you know this is something where we have to uh engage you know just as much as we want to be engaged um individuals can register to vote uh go down to the montgomery county board of elections um that's located at the uh, county administration building which is uh, located downtown right across the street from sinclair and uh, you would get on the elevator, and there's a button on there that's called uh, MEZ, uh, which stands for mezzanine. You get off the elevator to the right, that is the Board of Elections. You go in there and register. The whole process probably takes less than a minute. 
Oh yeah. Um, you know, also you can you can actually check uh, if you believe that you may have registered previously. Um, I would encourage everyone to actually look up that registration. Uh, that's at www.montgomery.ohioboe.com. You can actually just plug your last name, first name in, and they will actually uh, you'll be able to actually pull up your your voting uh, registration and to also check and verify your address. Uh, that's that's another thing too. Uh, it's important that if you move, when you move, you update that address because if you don't update the address, that could affect your your ability to be able to vote as well. And so, that's that's done on the same website you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I do got a quick follow up. Hey, so, look at <laughs> so I've registered to vote, like I said, for the presidential election. Does that carry over for the local, or do I got to re-register or you know register for local elections? No, you you wouldn't need to re-register. The only time that uh, re-registration would take place is if an individual was purged from the rolls. Uh, if you voted in the 2016 uh, and you actually were registered. You should still be, but that's mm. and again that that comes back to that point where there have been individuals that have been uh, mistakenly, wrongly purged from the rolls. Right, but you should still be on the rolls. Gotcha. Um, you should still be. <laughs> uh, as far as the local elections, um, you know, in, in my opinion, um, and I think we've all went through different things where we we just have to see it for ourselves. Um, what I can tell you uh, from from my own personal experience, um, local elections are just as important, if not more important, than national because. You know, uh, just like we having a conversation right now, mm-hmm. I could go make a decision that could impact you, yeah. you know, for, for the, you know, for the benefit or for the detriment. So it's important that, you know, you have these conversations that you feel, um, I hate to, I hate to use this word, but I'm gonna use it. You should feel entitled to have mm-hmm. these conversations. You know, people, people ascend to these positions that they believe are in the sky and they don't feel the need to come down to talk to folks. But the reality of it is that you ain't went nowhere. You know, I see people at the grocery store. I ain't changed. Before I was before I was with the county, I was a magistrate judge in Dayton Municipal Court. I've been an attorney community. I do the same things. I do the same things, and I believe that, you know, that that's where we have to be. Because the issues that I address at the county, when I was at the city, uh, when I would come into the courtrooms, the issues didn't start in any of those areas. The issues start on the doorsteps of people who are having them. And that's where your officials need to be. In your face, where you are, so they can find out what the issues are and how to address them. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that doesn't happen without having uh, conversations. I think our community does a good job of uh, having the candidates' nights. Uh, you know, feel, feel encouraged, feel empowered to go to these candidates' nights. You don't need a special invitation. You know, you don't have to pay anything. You just show up to the candidates' night. They have opportunities for questions to be asked. You know, if you have a question about uh, or a concern that you want to address with the with a particular person or address with a, a range of candidates, you completely within your rights because this is your life. Mm-hmm. This is your life. And so um, I, I think that, you know, as a voter, you should feel entitled. You should feel empowered to ask any of your elected officials anything because if they ain't willing to have a conversation with you, then that probably should answer your question about where they stand with what's doing for them and what's doing for you. Yeah, facts. Yeah. It, it sounds like, man, like, you know, the big push of, like, know your status when it comes to, like, HIV. Like, yeah. you need to know your status and vote. You know, they need to need that mm-hmm. same kind of push. You know, need that same kind of kind of drive to to know what you, know what you, you know, know if you can vote. Know yeah. if you need to, you know, mm-hmm. correct something. So Yeah, we ain't got a problem pulling up at a party. Yeah. We ain't got a problem pulling up at the mall to go get a new fit. Mm-hmm. Pull up and know everything you need to know about what's going on in the ballot. Ask them your questions. I mean, yeah. you know. We've all been in school. We've all seen that person that asked like a million and one questions, 
and we get annoyed. But this time, yeah. in this circumstance, this is the time to do that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Be that annoying person. Mm-hmm. Get your questions answered. If yeah. they don't, if they're not answering it to the best of their ability, keep on asking because mm-hmm. you know it's your right. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you. You know, I I uh, do follow you on Facebook. And I'd be seeing the chili cookoffs, and I'd be seeing the <laughs> the you know panels you be on. And one of the panels, I don't remember what it was called, but it was addressing about uh, getting black people in home ownership, you mm-hmm. know, kind of getting that touched on. And I just wanted to hear you speak on what that panel was about. Yeah, you know, uh, so uh, it was a, a panel uh, last week that was uh, offered at the uh, Dayton Area Board of Realtors, and uh, I believe the event was called uh, "The State of Housing in Black America." Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, you know, uh, being the, I, I tell people I'm the deed guy, uh, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, primarily, you know, a lot of times when they think about, you know, the recorder, uh, that's what they that's what they see. But uh, to me, uh, it, it's so much more than that. Yeah. Um, you know, what I talked about and one thing that I think we have to focus on uh, is to ensure that we support uh, people and businesses that support us as a community. Uh, you know, gerrymandering is, is uh, excuse me, not gerrymandering, excuse me, redlining uh, is something that doesn't happen as blatantly as it used to be. Uh, but just in 2018, uh, the city of Dayton was recognized as one of 61 metro cities within the United States uh, where we have a, a disparate uh, impact amongst whites and blacks versus uh, when it comes to lending. Okay. So with that being said, you know, there is still work that has to happen. There's still work that needs to be done. Uh, You know, we also have to focus on redevelopment programs. You know, several of our banks within our community, uh, you know, have redevelopment programs. Uh, You know, there's also an agreement that has been floated where different banks have signed and authorized that a particular portion or percentage of their loan amounts will be used to reinvest in some of our distressed areas. We have to make sure that we hold people accountable because if we don't hold people accountable, Things can't change. Yeah, they can just put that on paper and say we mm-hmm. did that. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. So that so that's that's what we talked about. Um, you know, it, it was a, a very uh, heated conversation where I think that everyone involved benefited. And I think we all learned a little bit more than we knew going in. Um, you know, in our community specifically, uh, when you look at some of the uh, more distressed and impoverished areas, I think people uh, focus uh, on the wrong uh, side of the coin, so to speak, on that. People look at it and say, oh, why are these things here? I think we have to look at why have they been here so long? Mm. You know, we have to look at, you know, okay, they're here. We can't change the past. We can't even change the present. We can only change the future. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at what we're dealing with now and come to terms, whether that's through town halls, whether that's through discussions, you know, with your uh, local representatives, uh, with your, uh, you know, essentially your community advocates about what needs to happen for these areas to be redeveloped. So we can start getting back to the sense where all of our neighborhoods represent all facets of our community. Right. Not just some. We shouldn't have good and bad areas. All areas should be good. Right. Because there are tons of programs out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to get too deep with it, but I mean, you have people that come to this country, open up corner stores in our community. Mm -hmm. Why aren't these corner stores owned by the people that actually live in the community? So there's programs that you can get involved in where maybe we're just not asking the right people. Maybe we're not asking the right questions. You know, there's tons of programs. You just have to ask. Yeah, definitely. And use the most powerful tool in the world, Google. 
Everybody got it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody got it. Not, not just, everybody got it, but everybody got it. Not just the Sunday sports scores. You know, Google. <laughs> Speaking of that, I need to check my Google, lineup. <laughs> Google some life important stuff too. Facts. Man, um, what do you do uh think about like Ohio Ohio veterans as a whole? You are a veteran. I, mm-hmm. I, I do know that. Yes, yes. And uh what just what do you feel like Ohio veterans uh need or or, or want because one thing that I that always sticks on my mind is when uh when uh forty five is what I call him when he was running <laughs> for office um he was saying that you know he was gonna help veterans and veterans was you know an important thing that he was pushing at that time and you know I remember that because I'm a veteran so I held on to that and I wanted to see what he was gonna do for veterans and he has done some things with the you know the hundred percent disabled vets they have gotten some some things that but they, even that you know I think I read only like five percent. Of the you know people that were in that in that group you know got the benefit that they needed or was approved for the benefit just just I just wanted to hear what your thoughts are on Ohio veterans and what and what's going on with that. Um, you know, uh, throughout our state, this is actually one of the uh, retirement destinations for veterans. We actually are one of the top states in the country. Really? Uh, mm-hmm, yes, yes. Uh, specifically in Montgomery County, throughout the Miami Valley area, uh, there are approximately forty-one thousand veterans here wow and you know when we look at um in my opinion our needs as far as with veterans i think that um our state is no different from other states in the fact that uh, we need uniformity uh when people leave the service um i don't think that everyone was told the same things in fact i can i can vouch me you had this conversation before Mm -hmm. and i've had this conversation with other veterans throughout our community um when you leave service no one is given essentially a book that says this is everything that you need to know. Right. And so what happens is that that leaves a lot of availability for misinformation, no information, discouragement, and uh, essentially people to start losing hope in the system that they feel like they have served. And now they feel like a lot of times they've been cast to the side. Mm-hmm. And so I think that once we get to a point where we have uniformity across the board, it will allow us to operate in a manner where every veteran will know what benefits and what services they have earned and how to get to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that burns me up is, you know, I'll have a veteran come in my office and they'll say, um, you know, um, I'm glad I was able to talk to you. I've been to eight different places before mm-hmm. I got here. And you're like, well, how did this happen? And the way it happens because you have, you know, one person says, oh, well, I don't know about that. Go here. Why don't you see about here? And then before you know it, the person has went all throughout the whole community looking mm-hmm. for one answer. And they become frustrated. And a lot of times, unfortunately, people don't see it all the way through. Yeah. And so I think that we have to do a better job uh, of making sure that we have uniformity and we have uh, accessibility. You know, it shouldn't be so difficult to find an answer. Yeah. You well, know. When I worked at the VA, that was a huge thing. It's kind of a smaller scale, but it still impacts our veterans. Mm-hmm. We would have people in the VA who, you know, you might come and say, Man, I'm looking for podiatry. My feet hurt. And the person might not know that answer, but they got a little paper that say podiatry is this extension. So they just pass you on to get it off of their list of things to do. Yeah. You know, they pass it off to someone else. And before you know it, that veteran done been to four floors in the hospital looking for a service. You know, when that one person could have got up, I'm, I'm going to take you there. I'm going to show you where it's at. You know, spend five minutes of your time helping a vet. And that's one of the things that, you know, I did as a veteran when when I saw veterans that were waiting for you know their ride or they were in a wheelchair and wasn't nobody taking them down to the to the uh, area to get picked up. You know, mm-hmm. 
they're waiting for the hospital staff to come and get them. You know, it's like, no, this person trying to get home too. So I'm going to get up out of my desk. I ain't going to answer the phone real quick. I'm going to take you down. You know, but for me as a veteran, that working there almost made things worse for me, you know, because I thought having, you know, PTSD and, and being a veteran, helping other vets was like, the ultimate give back, you know, for me, it was like what I wanted to do. But being around some of the some of the laziness of our federal employees, you know, and being around just some of the some of the things that were happening there, it just it, it made it made me, you know, less of a caring person. It made me more angry, coming home frustrated. So it was like I had to do something for me to change that. So mm-hmm. I had to leave the VA and go do something else. But I still really feel that, you know, our youth, our younger veterans that come out like 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 uh like our like our recorder said, there's 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 nothing that really, you know, he he could be told to go XYZ, I could be told to go XYZ and we get in two two lanes of different information that, you know, it shouldn't be that way. You yeah. should you should be able to, you know, go get questions answered for the time and the sacrifices that were made Absolutely. for your country. Mm-hmm. So. Like you guys said, you earned it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I thank both of you guys for your service. Yes, How sir. can people stay in contact with you? Um, You can look me up. Uh, I'm on all social media platforms, Brandon McLean. Uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, it's at Recorder McLean. Uh, you also can look up my website, www.brandoncmcclain.com. Dope, dope, dope. Nice. And uh, something you said last time you were on the pod, and I noticed it. All the time now, yard signs don't vote. You said that last <laughs> time, and, and whenever I see a tons of yard signs, that it just, well, that person don't mean they gonna win. Yeah. So it's up to us as a people to get out there and vote. Yeah, do your research and vote on November fifth. Yeah, and take the time to share this pod with somebody that you know might need some information about just their voting rights, just about voting in general, because information like this needs to be shared with the people that need it. Versus a whole bunch of people that got it together, yeah, yeah, rotating yeah, around with each other. Yeah, so. yeah. No need to preach to the choir. Yeah. Since it's someone else, man. Yeah. We appreciate you stopping by, man. Nah, listen, I appreciate the opportunity. It's always good to stop by and, and, and chop it up with you guys. So yeah, thank I wish you. you nothing but the best in what you're doing, man, and I'm proud of you. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Open door policy over here. You can't make this up, podcast. Kevnat. DJ Killer Kev. We out. Peace.